Hello and welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. We are here for a week 13 review in the NFL. Um, and this week we're joined by a returning guest, a well-known member of the podcast, a member of Let's Talk Sports, a member of the 49ers Faithful UK, a guy who now actually does podcasts for the team. Back with us on the podcast, we've got Paul Hope. How are you, mate? Better than you, buddy. Thanks for having oh. me on. I'm I'm delighted that you've still gone ahead with today. I know you would have. <laughs> if it was the other way around, I'd have jumped ahead. But yeah, it's yeah. it's the NFL. What can you say? Any given Sunday, buddy. Oh, mate. I mean, it's the contrast of, contrast of emotions from that first play to the end of the game. It's quite something because I was um, in the game, the Dallas Cowboys game. So I was watching it in a place I actually recommend to anyone, Texas Live. They had about 20 screens. It was an incredible experience watching the whole of the Sunday slate before going to the game, right next to the stadium as well. And I literally went um, went for a bathroom break, came back, and I saw we'd scored. And I was like, oh my God, what's happened here? And then I saw the, the Trent Sherfield play, and I was like, wow. And then I thought, you know, when Jimmy got injured, they were playing Mr. Irrelevant at quarterback. I thought, you know what? This wins a guaranteed W. And then it all seemed to fall apart since then. Uh, we might, might as well go into that now. Um, so one of the games on Sunday saw the Dolphins break their winning streak with a 33-17 to loss to the San Francisco 49ers. Of course, Paul, if you don't know, Paul is a huge 49ers fan. Um, I like to have a guest every week to um, review the Dolphins game with me, whoever we play. But this week is a bit different. We have actually our guest to do the whole episode rather than just the one game. Um, so in this game itself... Tua did struggle. He threw his first interception since his return from injury. Threw two interceptions in back-to-back drives. He had probably his worst game of the season. Certainly his worst game since the injury he got. Threw two touchdowns still and got to um, 295 yards, but did get sacked three times for a total loss of 20 yards. And he had a quarterback rating of 19.3. On the other end, Brock Purdy, had a total of um, 220, 210 yards, uh, two touchdowns, one interception, and he was also sacked three times with a quarterback rating of 57. Um, in terms of the receiving game, Tyreek Hill still had 146 yards and one touchdown, as well as Trent Sherfield from that one play. But I think for me, the main story of this game was Nick Bosa. Three sacks in the whole game, two tackles for loss, three total tackles. Um, I mean, Nick Bosa, for me, was the star of the show. I mean, for me... He was already, for me, one of the best defensive players in the league. And I think this game for me, I think, shows everyone that, first of all, he's better than Joey. But also, I think this shows for me that he is literally one of the best defensive players in the league. Yeah, it was a, a performance we've been crying out for from Borsa. And people listening who maybe haven't watched a lot of the 49ers might be surprised. But Borsa had been averaging one sack a game. And as 49er fans, we'd wanted to see more. Yes, there's all the talk about him being double-teamed and held. But what we wanted was a Nick Bosa game where, like you said there, two sacks, the forced fumble. I mean, what the Dolphins were doing, putting Jeff Wilson Jr. in a tight end, blocking Nick Bosa. We said the key to victory before the game, Andy, was getting pressure on Tua. Tua had impressed me this season. He was, he'd been accurate. He hadn't turned the ball over. I said that would be key if we could force the turnovers. That would go well in our favour. You know yourself in the NFL, you win the turnover battle more times than not, you win the game. And like you said, contrast emotions, that first 10 seconds, that first play, every 49ers fan was like, this is what the Dolphins were advertised. A lot of non-49er fans had hit me up and said, 
you haven't faced offense like the Dolphins since the Chiefs put 40 points on you. Tyreek Hill is Tyreek Hill. And of all the people, an ex 49 at Trent Sherfield, and like you said, he ran it in to the house. And when you watch that back, Hafanga has been great this season for us, but McDaniels used his aggressiveness against him. And Hafanga bit, it left the gap. We do play a lot of zone coverage in the 49ers. We do a bend but not break. And like you said, when I watch it back today, Andy, there's been a couple of players that, that Tyreek Hill one, I mean, that yeah. was just as long in my eyes. <laughs> Of, of all the wide receivers, you don't want to be chasing after in the NFL. <laughs> Tyreek Hill is number one on that list. And yeah, yeah you, you're right. I think Tua, it was a strange one because as 49ers fans, we've had a lot of question marks about Jimmy over the last couple of years. And coming into this game, there was a lot of talk about Tua, McDaniel, the Dolphins pushing for the Super Bowl. I'd called a 27-24 victory for the Niners before. And then obviously Jimmy goes down, Mystery Relevant comes in. I mean, attempt what you've said, Brock Purdy played well. Um, I'm not going to go overboard with my hype. He threw the ball 37 times. There was the interception, but the weapons he's got, let's face it. If you're going to be a rookie QB coming into this league, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Brandon Ayuk, Juwan Jennings. But it was just a strange one because I, I felt towards the end, the Dolphins didn't run the ball as much as I was expecting them to run, especially when you've got Mostar and Wilson. Wilson had a couple of drops, which I think given he talked the talk before the game, if you're going to talk like that, you've got to back it up, haven't you? So, yeah. yeah. And obviously, I did see your footage out at the Cowboys Stadium. I mean, every time I look at your Twitter account, the fear of missing out's <laughs> up there because it's just like, oh my God, what a trip this guy is having. Oh, it's, it's been amazing. Mate. I mean, Max, you only got one game left. And even then, it's only half the game now because... The NFL decides to move the game to Sunday night game, and that means my flight is going to be during the game. <laughs> well, I get to watch the, f- the first two, at least three quarters, maybe. But I think by the time my flight leaves, the game would finish. But um, yeah, I think it's just been an amazing trip. And then the Cowboys stadium itself is just incredible. I mean, a lot of stadiums had either good atmosphere, an okay stadium, or great stadium, not the best atmosphere. Hello, Buccaneers. Um, but it's um, this one had both for me. It, it really was. It was just... The atmosphere was so loud. We all got like white little flags whenever the Cowboys were scoring or when they're third down on defense. It was just amazing atmosphere. But also the stadium itself was just incredible to be in. I mean, I was looking around it going, I'm actually here. I've wanted to go to that stadium for years and years. Ever since watching there was a sport a sport video on YouTube with um Jack Mate and Will Brazier. I watched that and I thought that this looks incredible. I've got to come here. And then it was weird, quite surreal thinking I was actually there. Um, so yeah, just the Chargers Dolphins game next Sunday with a podcast guest we've had on before, um, Tyler Lawrence. I'm going with big Chargers fan from the US, so that's going to be great. But I hate leaving stadiums early, I really do. I've done it once before and I hated it. And I'm, I'm, I did it purely because I had to get a train home. Um, I was in Venice at the time. Um, so yeah, it's just something I've always loved and I've always loved to see these stadiums. And for me, it's just, um, one of those that I had to go to basically. And this one for me was that, and it was everything I wanted and more. It was so good. Yeah. I saw your tweets about the Chargers game. So I did retweet you and I was, I got it for you. And that's the danger of being a UK fan. When you go over to the States, I know um, we had a few guys out at Levi's yesterday and luckily they weren't flying back till I think Tuesday, but there was a bit of a panic with the stuff they had planned, whether the Dolphins game was going to get flexed and, uh, but yeah, you've still had an awesome trip, though. But 
Yeah. I'm smiling. It's Victory Monday. I'm going to worry about Jimmy later in the week, Andy. I'm yeah. going to fully enjoy this victory because a lot of people, not you, but a lot of non fighting Anna fans would have come after me if the mm-hmm. score had been the other way. If we're sat here now, the Dolphins have won 33 to 17. There was a lot of people who were coming after us saying the defence wasn't honest and it wasn't what we're saying it is. But for me, when you've got Nick Bosa and Fred Warner, they're just two. And what I think Fred Warner did well, he took away the middle of the field, which two was being quite good at getting. But I was a bit surprised he didn't go to Tyreek Hill more. Mm. And I thought McDaniel might have done a bit more jet sweeps or, you know, the yard after the catch. But let's just say Carl Shanahan's chalked this one off and <laughs> it may be the uh, saga that continues for the next few years, buddy. Oh, yeah, it could be you know a rivalry for the ages, especially with all their connotations, the Shanahan and McDaniel link, the Jeff Wilson and Raheem Moster and Trent Sherfield on one side. I think it is going to be, I, I, I don't know how long it'll last because we all thought Ravens-Chiefs was going to be the rivalry a couple of years ago. So I, it's amazing how it just changes like that. But I think certainly it's nice that we were competitive, at least for most of it. Uh, but one thing that annoyed me was the fact that, you know, we only had eight carries the whole game. And you know, compared to the 49ers, you had 34. I mean, Mason had more had the same amount of carries as Mostert and Wilson combined. It was just, I remember seeing on the mic up last week with Daniel and the Texas game was saying we we're going to pass at every play. And I don't know whether his tactics have been exposed now, the fact that we are just going to pass at every play. And I don't think that's right because, you know, Mostert and Wilson aren't, are very good backs. I think it's just, I didn't get why we didn't win the ball so much because, you know, for once we've actually got a good backfield. For years, we've struggled to have a good running back room. And I think now we've got two great running backs. We just didn't seem to utilise it, really, for me. See, what we were worried about as Niners fans, you had Hill with the speed. Waddle's a good receiver. But obviously, Mostart, we saw what he, we saw first hand, you know, that game against the Packers where he scored four touchdowns. You see like edge and you get the hole and you get Mostart through. I think maybe you, losing your two starting tackles, I think that was a big key. And I think, like you said, the key to the for the Dolphins was Tua was going to get that ball out quickly, but he just didn't seem at home in his own ability. I don't know whether there was the doubts in his own head or whether losing the two starting tackles. Obviously, Nick Bosa is a formidable opponent, as you've said. It just makes my Nick Bosa, Bosa jersey purchase at the start of the season, Andy, even better and better. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm just enjoying that one. But uh, any other games that caught your eye that, that you were surprised at the results? Um, yeah, I've been looking at the other, um, before we do go into that, I just want to have a look at your rest of your schedule. I mean, you've got, um, Buccaneers, Seahawks, Commanders, Vegas, and the Cardinals. I think for me, that's three very winnable games. I don't think that, um, really, I think you guys, I think was the Seahawks also winning. That didn't help. I think that, that Seahawks game coming up, I think it's going to be huge because the Rams aren't going to win the division. The Cardinals are inconsistent at best. And I think that if you can beat the Seahawks, I think personally that is the division wrapped up. Yeah, I mean, Thursday night football. I've been a fan of the 49ers since 2011, 2012. And the Seahawks, I hate the Seahawks because they've (laughs) dampened on my dreams many a times. And I say that tongue-in-cheek. It's a game that I've got circled. I've took the Friday off work. It's like you said, it's massive. It's a divisional rival game up in Seattle. I mean, obviously, you've got the... Sherman picking off Kaepernick. You've got Dre Greenlaw stopping it on the goal line. The fact that Seattle have been better than anybody expected. I mean, we did play well against them second game of the season when Trey went down and Jimmy came in. But we'll be heading into there with our third QB, Mr. Irrelevant, who suddenly (laughs) has become Mr. Relevant, given the way he played last night. So, I mean, 
I called a 13 and 4 record at the start of the season when I was being uber optimistic. And as it stands today, Andy, that is still on. So I'm clinging yes. on to that. If we win out, <laughs> I'm looking like yeah. I should have put some money on that. But all all jokes aside, as long as we win the division, mm. we get in the playoffs. That's what it's all about. That Cardinals game could even be quite insignificant by the time. Mm. Um, the Commanders game looks a lot more difficult. The Commanders are playing better than mm. I expected. Um, I was watching Red Zone yesterday at six o'clock and I was keeping an eye on, obviously, there was the Commanders played the Giants and that Christmas Eve game suddenly isn't as straightforward as what mm. we thought it is. And then you've got the Raiders in Vegas. I mean, Christ almighty, talk about New Year's Eve in Vegas. A few of the faithful did price up going, but it just became ridiculously expensive. Oh, so I can only imagine. I can only imagine. It, it is just, I mean, I think last year, the three of the most five expensive NFL tickets last year were Raiders tickets at home. It's just, they really know how to get you money. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think New Year's Eve in Las Vegas. I mean, that said, you probably follow me on socials. Lee Gowland, the president yeah. of the NFL UK, has been out in the Bay Area for the last two weeks. Didn't think he'd ever top picking Sammy Womack in the draft. And on Saturday night, Andy, he sent me a text, stood next to Jed York, owner of the 49ers. And I was no like, way. what that more can insane. that man do to top? Yeah, <laughs> so he's, he's had a trip for the ages. Similar to you, so I've got your yeah. feed, I've got his feed, and I'm sat at home <laughs> in rainy Middlesbrough, so... <laughs> Yeah, to be fair, the only thing he's got to do left now with the quarterback situation, he may well become the back of a quarterback of the 49ers. You never know, Lee Gal. That's the next step, I think, for Lee if he's listening yeah. to this podcast. Oh, he'll be listening. I'll be, I'll yeah. be sharing. But <laughs> we signed Josh Johnson this morning from the Broncos practice oh, nice. squad. So, yeah. like you said, Tom Brady rolls into town on, on Sunday. Yeah. So, I've already seen a few rumours about TB12 next year. And you can't have a day that goes by without a quarterback controversy for the 49ers. But... I'm going to enjoy beating your Dolphins until next time anyway. Yeah, definitely, definitely make, make the most because come through Bowl 56 in Arizona, it'll be a whole different story when you play us. <laughs> oh, I like it, I like it. No, we're not, we're not making it. <laughs> um, one thing that could make it is a game I went to last night is the Dallas Cowboys. They beat the Indianapolis Colts 54-19 in a Sunday night football game which for me, I think, was just an impressive performance. And I think, personally, I think the 49ers-Cowboys will be the NFC Championship game. I think the Buccaneers, you know, they're edging in because of the bad division, but I, I think they could be one that could go you know, shock everyone. But I think, for me, if I was better right now, I'd have a 49ers-Cowboys NFC matchup, NFC Championship matchup. Um, just how impressive are the Cowboys for you, Paul? I have a friend, Chris, who lives in Darlington, who's a Cowboys fan. Mm-hmm. And before lockdown, we used to watch NFL Sundays together When before I moved to Middlesbrough. So he's very bullish, which most Cowboy fans are, to be fair. Mm-hmm. But he has been going on about Parsons for some time. Probably the same as I've been going on about Borsa. And you're right, the Dolphins, as a Niners fan, you've got that rivalry. Obviously, we beat them in the playoffs last year. But it does look, like you said, it's heading that way. And it could be the start of the rivalry again. Because obviously... I've looked back in the history, you know, it used to be the Niners, Cowboys in the championship games in the in the 90s. Tony Pollard, I drafted him in a lot of my fantasy teams, purely as a handcuff option, thinking Zeke would be the main man. But Pollard, the seat, we've got this nice one-two with Zeke and Pollard. Yeah. Um, the O-line for the Cowboys has always been quite a, a, a strong point of theirs. I mean, at one point, the game looked quite close last night. And because it was the later game in the UK, I went to bed. And when I woke up this morning, I was like, how did the Cowboys score 54 points? It seemed to score like... They scored a lot in the fourth quarter, I believe. Is, is that right? Yeah, so I actually looked at that. They've, 
now they were one point away from levelling the most points ever scored in a fourth quarter. I think the Lions got it, I think 2007, I want to say. And I was looking at the the most points scored by a team in a single game. I mean, a lot of them were before the Super Bowl era began. But I want to say they were either sixth or seventh most points scored by a single team in a Super Bowl era. I mean, it was just incredible. I mean, they had two touchdowns that were ruled out um, and they, they did score after that. But yeah, I think they're a team for me that really is impressive in all areas. I mean, the one-two punch, I mean, I had a almost had a... Um, 80-point comeback in one of my fantasy leagues because I have Pollard and Zeke in my team. Um, and yeah, I think for me, it's um, that's a huge difference because you don't have to rely on Dak all the time. Um, and I think for me, it's that's a big thing. And on defence itself, I mean, uh, in terms of the run game, it's not actually that great. They are sort of in the bottom 10 when it comes to rushing yards allowed. But I think it's that the passing yards allowed where they really shine their third in the league. Only the Buccaneers and Eagles have allowed more passing yards in total this season, and in terms of they're only the second most in the league for yards per game. And then when it comes to points allowed, they're again their fourth best. So I think their defense for me is a big thing. When you compare that to 2020, where their defense was so bad, I think all the years, all the, there's a lot of mockery going around of Cowboys fans. They always say this is our year. I think this year could generally be their year. I think they've got it all right. They've got a receiving game is really impressive, despite you know losing key men. And I think, you know. They're a team for me that is really, really good. And I think the 49ers, for me, I think they're the best team on paper in the NFC. I think the Eagles, as well as are there, I think they'll be involved. I don't. I think the Vikings will lose in the first round of the playoffs. I really don't think they're as good as their record suggests. But, um, yeah, I think the 49ers, for me, and the Cowboys are the teams to beat for me in the NFC. Yeah, I would agree with that. I think the Cowboys receivers are, are, are good, like you said. And, and maybe it's because I'm fairly new to the... 49er Cowboy rivalry and I've got friends who are Cowboys fans it's not a bitter rivalry for me and I suppose some 49ers fans listening will be throwing stuff or whatever they're listening to but it would be a great game the playoff game last year was good mm. and like you said the Cowboys fans are always very bullish about it being their year and wouldn't be a bad NFC Championship game obviously as a 49ers fan so as a Dolphins fan to be saying that it, it's quite interesting and you're right I'm not quite sold on the Vikings and it, I'm not bashing on Kirk Cousins um was well documented. Shanahan loved him, but I do feel the Vikings will be one and done in the playoffs. Mm. It'll be. I just love that. It's bittersweet. We're coming to the business end of the season, but you know, as an NFL fan, like you hit December, it's playoff football. It's all exciting, yeah. and then the Super Bowl comes, and we've got that abyss of waiting till the season yeah. starts again. Yeah. But like, I'm as interested in the AFC battle. Like you joked about your Dolphins, the Dolphins could be there. I mean, the Chiefs are looking good. The Bills yeah. have had a bit of a wobble. I mean, the Bengals, people have ruled them out. I know they got beat last night by the Chiefs, but they went toe-to-toe from the stuff that I've seen. It wasn't exactly um, a walkover that most people thought. Oh, no, did Kansas City win? Yeah, they did. No. The Bengals won, yeah, 27 The Bengals won, yeah. Yeah. I was going to say, because that was... I had red zone on, and then when the Niners game came on at 9 o'clock, I just switched red zone off. Yeah. And yeah. I saw something about Mahomes doing a lovely touchdown where he jumped over the line or something and dug yeah. it in. But, yeah, again, yeah. the Bengals... Bengals beat them last year in the playoffs. They beat them again tonight. Mm. If they meet again in the playoffs, you know, could it be one of them where the Bengals have their number? Yeah, I mean, they've won the last three games. They beat them in the regular season as well. Um, they had an amazing comeback in the AFC Championship game. Uh, I do think that the Bengals have their number. Uh, they showed it last night in that win. But I do think that 
you know, the Chiefs would have learned from this. I think that, you know, their division is pretty much wrapped up now. They're three wins ahead of the Chargers. You know, there was no need for them to win this game, whereas the Bengals, for them, it was a must win because the Ravens lost. It was a chance to, um, they won, sorry, they won, so it was a chance for them to keep up with the Ravens in the AFC North, but also keep that playoff hand alive if they were to go in as a wildcard team. So I think if the Chiefs and Bengals met again in the playoffs, I do think that the Chiefs would win because the Chiefs seem to be have learned from last season a lot. Um, and I think they'll, I think it'll be them on the Bills, personally, for me, in the AFC side of things. I'd love to say it'd be us, but for me, I just don't think we've got enough. I think we'll make the playoffs. I think we'll do the playoffs now, but I don't think we've got enough yet to um, to win it all. But the other games we saw on the NFL slate in week uh, 13, the Thursday night game saw the Bills ease to win over the Patriots with a 24-10 win. And then Sunday, Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Falcons 19-16. The Packers got back to winning ways with a 28-19 win over the Chicago Bears. The Detroit Lions got another win, their fourth in their last five games, a 40-14 win over the Jacksonville Jaguars. The aforementioned Vikings got a 27-22 win over the Jets. The, the Commanders and Giants tied 20 apiece. Uh, the Denver Broncos lost narrowly to the Baltimore Ravens 10-9 with Brandon McManus missing a last-second field goal. Deshaun Watson had a terrible game, but they still won for the Browns 27-14 against his former team, the Houston Texans. The Rams lost again, a 27-23 loss to the Seattle Seahawks. They went to the Bengals, the Raiders beat the Chargers 27-20. And then obviously tonight is the Saints Buccaneers. But the final game I want to focus on was the one that happened early on in the game, 6pm UK time, was the Tennessee Titans beating the Philadelphia Eagles. So losing the Philadelphia Eagles by 35 points to 10. I mean, for me, this game had two connotations for me. First of all, I think it showed just how good the Eagles are. But I think the other thing I want to focus on more is that they once again stopped Derrick Henry. I think for me, this proves to me that if you stop Henry, you stop the Titans. Yeah, so I mentioned my friend who's a, a Cowboys fan. I'm in a group chat with a Chris, who's a, a Cowboys fan, and Ryan, who's a Titans fan. And he said the very one-dimensional, like you said there, you stop Henry. He's not sold on Tannehill. I tell you what, I was really excited to see AJ Brown. I was quite excited mm -hmm. to see the Eagles trade for AJ Brown because, like you said, the Titans are quite run heavy, tall Derrick Henry. And I mean, I don't know if you've seen the play where he had uh, like a forty-yard touchdown ruled out, yeah. pulled it back, and then he just scored another one straight <laughs> after. And yeah. he was fired. He was fired up for that. Um, the Eagles could be a team that could surprise a lot in the playoffs. Obviously, yeah. Hurts is playing quite well. Um, Obviously, the division they're in, they the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Commanders, the Giants. This time last year, it was a bit of a laughingstock when mm. the division this year has just shown. And you're right, the Titans, I think they're well coached. I think they've got a good setup. But they're at that crossroads now where they always talk about getting to December. And Derek Henry likes the cold weather and he can run the ball. But the Eagles made it look very easy last night, like you said. Yeah, and I think that the Titans, I love the Titans. I'm a huge fan of Derek Henry. Regular listeners will know that I've raved about Henry a lot. But I think that the loss of AJ Brown, I think, has really exposed Tannehill. And I think that, you know, you can't need these in the NFL. Just rely on a run game. I think, you know, you have to have all components right to make a big run. Unless you get extreme luck and extreme fortune along the way. Uh, but the NFC East, yeah, both East divisions actually are really good. So in both the, looking at now the playoff picture as it stands... In both the AFC and the NFC, the East divisions have all teams in the top eight. So in the East, currently the Bills are ranked number one. 
Dolphins are ranked sixth, Jets are ranked seventh, then Pages are eighth on the bubble. And in the NFC East, you've got the Eagles number one seed, the Cowboys fifth seed, the Giants sixth seed, and then on the bubble is the Commanders in the eighth seed with a seven, five, and one record. So you look at that and look at the the West divisions. I mean, everyone thought the AFC West would be the one that, you know, would be amazing, but the Raiders and Broncos are really disappointed. And then look at the the Rams. You know, everyone thought they'd maybe make a Super Bowl again. Everyone thought they were a the team to be right now. They've got the second worst record, the second worst record in the whole conference. So I think it shows again why people love the NFL. It's just every year teams are good, then bad. It's just an amazing parity in this league. But I think those two divisions, I think for me, are now what no one thought at the start of the year, the two premier divisions in the league. Yeah, I was guilty of buying into the AFC West. I mean, Russell Wilson has tormented my dreams for many a year and he's been terrible in Denver. I mean, I made the mistake with the Chiefs game. You made the mistake with the Broncos Ravens. It was because it was an unforgettable game. I mean, ten nine. It was, it was let Russ cook. It's just been shown. Pete Carroll knows a lot more than what I do about football. And like you said, the Chargers have. I might upset a few people, but for me, the Chargers are a bit like the Tottenham Hotspur of old. So I remember in English soccer a few years ago, Tottenham Hotspur were always that flashy team, and everyone wanted mm. them to win the FA Cup, and then they just fall away. And for me, the Chargers, Justin Herbert's great. Austin Eckler's good. But like you said, the Chiefs, it just goes to show losing that game last night, it hasn't really affected the Chiefs, like you said. Um, but it's, I wouldn't rule the Commanders out just yet. I think they're a sneaky dark horse. I like the Commanders' defence. I think Tyler Heineke has got the team rallied well behind him. <laughs> Dutton is a good rookie. And I do like Scary Terry. And obviously, we've got to face him in a couple of weeks. So I'm starting to keep one eye on what they're doing. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm staying well away right now from slating the Chargers until we play him next week because I don't want to tempt fades in any way uh, with the game next week. But the Commanders, for me, what you said for me is absolutely right. I think they really, they were, you know, they should have really won this game last night. They you know, they had many chances in overtime, but they've won, you know, in the last, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, in the last eight games, they've won six, won, won one, lost one, tied one. And the next four games, I think, are big. I think this is the real test for the Commanders now. They play, they beat the Eagles, yes, but they've played the Falcons, the Giants, and the and the Texans, uh, the Colts, the Packers, and Bears. And the Packers were struggling at that time. The next four games after the bye week this week, they've got the Giants again, the 49ers, as you say, and then the Browns and the Dallas Cowboys. I think if they can get three wins or two wins from that, that might be enough. I just don't think right now, you know, you've got other teams around them. You know, the Lions are a team that I think people are sleeping on right now. But I think, yeah, I think it's going to be a really exciting end to that season. And I think that looking at their schedule as well, uh, they play the Cowboys in week 18. I mean, that could be a game where the Cowboys have already sealed their playoff spots. They could rest some starters. So I think that's one thing you have to look at for teams who have got the last week. Because if you've got a team that's, if you've got the Chiefs or the Bills in the last week and you've already, and they've already sealed number one overall seed or the second seed and they can't get number one seed, I think we'll see a lot of teams win those games. I think that's something that you have to look out for. Whereas teams who are playing, you know, like we're playing Jets, that's going to be a game that's going to really matter. You know, if you're playing a team that's around the same area as you or in the playoff ranks, I think it's more of a danger. So it's a worry for me um, playing the Jets. and then, But I think the commanders for me, I think they'll just miss out now. I think that tie yesterday, if they'd won that game, I think that could have sealed their place. But I think playing the Browns with the Sean Watson, playing the Cowboys, playing the Giants, which will be a big game, and then playing you guys, I think 
they could potentially just maybe win one game the rest of the year, in my eyes. But Deshaun Watson was terrible yesterday. I know there's a lot of rust. There's a lot of Browns fans who have been very bullish about him coming back. Yeah. I mean, they won the game because of the defense. The defense. Yeah, yeah. It was it was a comedy of errors at one point. Which def- which team could make the most mistakes? Yeah. Um, but again, like you said, as a neutral, you know, my game wasn't on till five past nine. I still sat down at six o'clock, put red zone on. Yeah. Jumped on here with you. Obviously, I've been watching Good Morning Football whilst mm-hmm. I've been working and and watching round. The reason I said don't sleep on the commanders, they tend to play better against better teams, which mm. surprises me. Like you said, nobody would have had them beating the Eagles the other week. Um, but I just love the fact that we're getting to that business end of the season now. And if you had to say to someone, give me a Super Bowl winner, it's still it's that stage of the season in the NFL where there's always a team that seems to come from nowhere. Mm. It was us last year. You know, a lot of people ruled us out. We had to go to the Rams and win. I know yeah. the beaters in the yeah. NFC Championship game, but I had a, a wee smile because I've got a friend who was a Lions fan and he's really high on Jared Goff. And I was looking at the stats saying, you know, 340 <laughs> passing yards yesterday, Jared Goff. I bet the Rams fans are thinking, where's this guy come from? He's not the guy we traded away. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just, I mean, that St. Brown is an absolute monster. And he, I think, you know, they had a, such a bad start to year. And then, you know, they've had such a good run. And I think their schedule, and they've got the Vikings next week. That's a tough game. But they got the Jets, Panthers, Bears and Packers. And I think that is at least two very winnable games. I think that, you know, we mentioned the Commander's schedule being tough, you know, two wins behind them. They could easily match that. And I think the way they're playing, you know, they're scoring points. I mean, they've scored 31 points against Bears, 31 points against the Giants, 25 points against the Bills, 40 points against the Jags. They scored 27 against ourselves. You know, with the, and they got 45 against the Seahawks, um, 35 against the Eagles, 36 against the Commanders. So they're scoring points. It's their defence that is really letting them down. And I think if they can sort that out, which I think they are now, I think that they are a team that I put them in the playoffs start of the year. That was my bold prediction in our prediction episode, that they make the playoffs as a wildcard team. And I'm hoping they do for that reason alone. But it's... um. I think that ultimately, I think they will fall short, but I, I would love to see that. I think a lot, a lot of people would. I think I'd love to see the Lions make the playoffs just for just because they're a team that struggles so much over the years. Yeah, with the hard knocks, and like you said, it was it's a it's a feel good story, and you know everyone in the UK tends to buy, and you always watch hard knocks, and you think, oh, it'd be good. But they've they've been entertaining to watch as a neutral a bit that I've seen. Just before you finish off, one thing that I forgot to mention at the start, I was quite impressed with Carl Shanahan yesterday with mm. his his play calling and the challenge there was a couple of those where yeah. you know, sat at home I thought oh man and then he, he made the challenge and again it just goes to show you bringing it back to that fine margins in the NFL and you know some things get called back and mm. I think that it was an important lesson for McDaniel to learn but uh, yeah this week's been entertaining as always so you've after Chargers game you're going to have to come back and watch NFL UK on the same time zone as Andy how are you going <laughs> yeah, to adjust it's um I've gone so used to I mean I'm a morning person so I've loved watching these games at midday one p.m. you know I'm in Seattle I was watching Sunday night football at five thirty p.m. and I was like wow this is this is amazing and then I'm gonna have to go back to watching games my usual routine of watching the two lot of games six till midnight and then watching the, the night game in the morning not known result yeah. it's gonna be especially with the jet lag coming in it's gonna be a tough week I think and but I'm sure the Bills Dolphins game when I'm first back is gonna keep me awake. Yeah, I also, I did like you. Was it New York? I'm pretty sure you were. Oh, yeah. Made a trip. That was, I liked, yeah, oh. that looked like you had a good trip there. Look, I liked your photos yeah. that you shared. Yeah, that was just an amazing trip. Um, It was just, 
even looking at the non-sport side of things. But the stadium was it was pouring wet on the day. The one day of rain was the day that I was at the game. But I think looking at the stuff we did, all the classic tourist stuff, you know, you got the Statue of Liberty, Empire State Building, watched the Christmas tree lighted up at the Rockefeller Center. The food was amazing. Um, we, ha- we had just an amazing time. Um, it was, I think there was a place I've been since of just to visit. I think it was all Chicago number one for the whole trip. I think New York has topped that for me. It's that old Chicago. And Nashville was pretty good as well. But I think for me, I think New York probably has been the best place I've visited. I think it's just pipped Chicago. Well, it did look good on your footage, like you said. I've been in the, I live in the northeast of England, so I was raining and cold. So I always <laughs> like to look at your social feed. But <laughs> it feels mad that I talked to you before you went away. And yeah. now I'm talking to you now. Yeah. When I saw your tweet about the Chargers game, I felt for you because I thought, oh, all this work yeah. that's gone into the trip. But yeah, it, it yeah. just seems, it just goes to show you the NFL, how quick the time goes. We're sorry oh. now when you think like we're coming into December. So before we finish off, is there any games this week that you've got an eye on that year? Well, we will do that more next week, but uh, we, I've not actually looked at the schedule yet. Probably. I know obviously the one I'm focusing on mainly is the Chargers one uh, from a fan point of view. Um, I think Raiders, Rams, uh, Jets, Bills, I'll, keep, I'll, I'll still keep an eye on because um, I think it's a double-edged sword because if the Bills win, it gives us a better chance of making the playoffs. If they lose and we win our game on Sunday, then that gives us a chance to take the lead again in the division with a better head-to-head record. Um, so apart from that, I think there's actually a lot of one-sided games on paper here. Uh, you've got Ravens, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Titans, Jags, Lions, Vikings, Dallas, Texans. Uh, ooh, that's a, uh, oh, of course. You, I think you know what's coming next. The big game on Sunday, Niners, Bucks. I mean, that for me is... A huge game. You got the Tulsi, the whole Tom Brady connotation with the 49ers link and him being from the area. Um, I think, you know, the Buccaneers win that. I think it's a big sign to the NFL that they could actually shock people in the playoffs. But I think, you know, if you win that game, I think that'll show you guys that you guys, you know, are a team to look out for. It will show the league that maybe the Buccaneers aren't going to do well. I think it's a really big game. And I think I'll probably have to miss it because I'll be probably tailgating and, you know, maybe get into the stage beforehand, but I think that's a game that I think, because the rest of the games that day aren't that, Panthers, Seahawks, and Chiefs, Broncos, I think it's only three games on at that time, I think the whole world is going to be, NFL world is going to be watching that game. Yeah, I think it should be the Sky game, which causes a lot of issues to send, but I mean, it's either going to be Kansas City, because of obviously, Russell Wilson versus Mahomes, but uh, I am going to try and power through the Niners, and then watch the Chargers Dolphins because, like you said, it should be on paper. That should be a high-scoring game. Yeah. Chargers versus yeah. the Dolphins. It's just a shame you're not going to get to see the whole game. But uh, yeah, I'm still smiling from ear to ear. You've done well. I've tried to rein it in. I didn't want to give you too much banter about the Niners Dolphins. So yeah, I mean, I was very hesitant. Do I still go on with the podcast? So I still carry on, but. Yeah, you know, I had I had to do it. I had to. I've the show to... must go on. I do yeah. like that attitude. I'd exactly. still come on if it was the other way around. To yeah. be fair, and I didn't tweet you because I I don't normally engage in that. I did with a Dolphins no. fan last night because we did a pre-show and he'd give me a bit of banter and he was very bullish that we're going to win. So when the game finished off, I did drop him a, tr- a cheeky tweet, yeah. checking how he was doing. So, but no, yeah. I was saving mine for you today. So I do appreciate yeah. you still having me on. 
Oh, no problem at all. But yeah, that ha- has been the podcast for this week, our third week 13 review. But we will be should be doing a week 14 preview coming up next week or in the next few days. But thank you again, Paul, for coming on. Um, before we go, just tell us about how it's gone so far, your time covering the 49ers for the team. Yeah, so since I last spoke to you, I don't know if you saw on my socials, we managed to host the podcast for the 49ers Supporters Club Live. So little old me and the 49ers Faithful UK hosted a podcast for the 49ers. Yeah. It's been pretty epic. So I've also been on a couple of high-profile shows like yourselves and Tales from the Bay. So the 49er community in the UK has grown from strength to strength. And I always do appreciate when you invite me on. I, I like our connection. I mm. believe I've made another good friend in the NFL UK community. And Definitely. anybody who wants to know any more, obviously I'm very active on Twitter, as Andy will um, account for. I do have my <laughs> own personal account, and I have the 49er yeah. Faithful UK account. I do mainly tweet football-related stuff, and I'm always up for a discussion. So... Thank you very much for having me on, Andy. That's okay at all. And I've not checked this week's results, but you still, at the moment, you still lead the way when it comes to our prediction table. You're still with 12 right picks. I mean, I'm myself, Oliver Wilson from TalkSport and Jonathan Dix are both on, on 11. Um, and I've not yet checked out our league, but I think you won again. And I think it's now playoff time in our fancy league. So I need to check that later on to see how we got on. Uh, and I know you won this week and I won this week and I don't know what happens in terms of the playoffs, who's made it yet, but I think you probably will be, I think, up there. I'm not too sure, but yeah, be interesting to see who who can make it. Yeah, and obviously on a final note, I know Freddie Harper Davis will be very happy with his Steelers performance. I've seen some people trash-talking him early before <laughs> the game, so as soon as I saw the Steelers result, I yeah. thought he'd be over the moon with that one. But yeah, fantasy football's coming to the playoffs, Yeah, so Next hopefully week. we can uh, keep that banter going. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, look forward to having you on again. Yeah, no worries, buddy. Thank you very much.